Welcome, and thanks for listening to the New Life Christian Ministries podcast. If you'd like more information about New Life or for more podcasts and other media, go to newlifexn.org. It's on. Ah, that's on. (laughs) Hi, I'm Pastor Chris. I'm the lead pastor here at New Life. If you're here for the first time, we're so glad that you're here. We uh, exist as a church to share, grow, and live the new life of Jesus Christ with the world, one person at a time. And uh, we have you in mind. If you've never been here before, maybe you've never been to church before, or maybe you've been to church and you've uh, sort of just about given up on it, we're, um, we're here for you. But I want to say uh, to all of you who are here all the time, man, I missed you. I haven't been here for 28 days. It's a long time since I've been here, so I'm so glad to be back with you. Um, I wasn't napping while I was gone. Three weeks ago, we went to Richmond, Virginia to visit our older daughter, Abby. And in addition to uh, the joy of being with her, we had the blessing of uh, visiting a church called Thrive Church. And the church is in two locations, actually two buildings of traditional churches that couldn't make it in their community. They went under and they gave their buildings to Thrive and Thrive as well. They're thriving. And uh, it's interesting because Pastor Kevin Bordeaux uh, told us that weekend that they had baptized, water baptized 70 people so far that year, just 23 the week before. And uh, then he gave a powerful message uh, up from Second Timothy about finishing strong and the worship. While uh, we didn't recognize the songs, uh, the the passion of the worship team, we Nancy and I really appreciated. And uh, we, we understood as we walked away from that church that they knew what it was to engage in worship and to trust the Bible. So we had time, a good time in worship that week. And then the week after that, uh, Yumiko, our eighth grader, had a trip to Washington, D.C., and I went along as a chaperone. And I hadn't been to Washington, D.C. since I was uh, 17. So it's changed a lot in those years. Uh, I had never seen the Vietnam Wall. I had never seen the World War II Memorial. And I was reminded of how much, actually how some people gave everything so I can be standing here this morning talking about Jesus with all of you. It was a very humbling experience. And then before I tell you about what I was doing last weekend, I need to set a little bit of context for you. we have been in this series, this is the seventh week of, uh, of a seven-week series called All In, and we've been talking about our core values, why, uh, or I should say how we carry out our mission of sharing, growing, and living the new life of Jesus Christ with the world one person at a time here in Saxonburg, in our region, our nation, and to the ends of the earth. And for the last six weeks, this will be the seventh, we've put those core values up on the screen, and then I've said the core value, or else whoever was preaching that week said the core value, And then you all have said back what is the action that we take to live out that core value. So we're going to do that one more time. Right now, I'm going to say the core value. You say back what is the action. We follow Jesus. We care for lost people. We trust the Bible. We engage in worship. We love each other. We live in the Spirit. We give generously. So every one of those core values taken individually has the power to transform our lives when we apply them in the power of the Holy Spirit. But as the the founding pastor as well as the lead pastor here at New Life, I would say that none of those seven core values has been lived out more over, uh, especially over these last several years, than the last one, the the we give generously. Uh, From day one, we would have said this, 
that we committed to growing in our faithfulness when it comes to giving our time, talents, treasure, and touch as faithful managers of all that God has entrusted to us. Now, we might not have said it in those exact words, but that was our heart from the very beginning. And uh, just as individual believers in Jesus Christ grow over time as they invest time in prayer and Bible reading and all of these things that we've been talking about in core values, so a church family will grow over time. And this church has certainly grown, not, not, I'm not talking about numerically, although it really has grown numerically, but what I'm really talking about is we have grown in our depth in all of these core values. And uh, as uh, Pastor Brad, I think, said last week, whenever he was, and I, I wasn't here, obviously, but I watched the message, and it was a great message on living in the Spirit. These core values are sort of like the valves of the heart that keep us going uh, as a church. And so what I want to talk about today, the, the take-home point for today, and again, if you're new, the take-home point is the one point I'm going to make in this message. We have one every week. And, and that take-home point, we want to take it home and live it out in the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's going to talk about not just giving generously, but living generously. And it says this, when we believe every good thing comes from God, we live generous lives. Now that statement that every good thing comes from God is a powerful faith statement. We believe that God created everything. He created the whole universe and all that exists. And we believe that he created everything good. Now, if you look around a little bit, it's not hard to tell that everything isn't good, right? I mean, all you have to do is turn on any news station or read any newspaper or, or, or just open up your phone and, and see what the latest you know, news flash is. It's mostly bad news. Everything isn't good. And that's because when God created the first two people, we rebelled against him. And we call that rebellion sin. And there's a lot of sin in the world, but that isn't from God. You see, sin is actually the absence of God. Just like Cold is the absence of heat and dark is the absence of light. Sin is the absence of God because God is good. And God created us to live good lives. And actually, God has our goodness and our blessing in mind. One of, probably one of the most powerful verses in the Bible when it comes to how much God loves us and will do for us is found in Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 6, 33. Jesus said this, seek the kingdom of God above all else. And some translation would say, seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So when we put God first in our lives, he commits to giving us everything in our lives that we need. And so whenever, what that means is when we are generous because we know that God is gonna take care of us, that, that genero God's generosity is flowing through us to others. So God is generous to us and then we get to be generous towards others. That's the intended flow. So if we put God first, then he's gonna meet our needs so that we can help meet the needs of others in his name. And that's what the church is all about, really. Uh, we are supposed to receive the love of God and give him glory and, and then share with others. Now, the world will tell us that we need to work really hard so that we can get what we need. Now, working really hard is a good thing. In fact, it's encouraged in the Bible. Working really hard is a good thing. But we don't have to work hard to get what we need. If we put God first, if we work hard at putting God first, then God promises to give us what we need. That's a major difference. And this whole thing about works and what place they have in our lives, it's been a debate in the church, actually, um, for a long time. 500 years ago, we had what was called the Protestant Reformation. In fact, we just celebrated you know, Martin Luther's posting the 95 Theses on the door in Wittenberg, Germany that started the Reformation officially, although it had been going on you know, a little bit here and there in other places. But the point is, the Reformers said, we do not do good works so God will love us. We do good works because God loves us. 
You see, grace comes first and works come afterwards. It isn't we do good works and then God gives us his grace. And in fact, the Apostle Paul probably put it most succinctly in Ephesians chapter 2 when he said this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, see, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, some translations say masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So one of the most obvious good works that God created us to do is to give generously of our time, talents, treasure, and touch. There are obviously many others, but that's one of them. And we do that because we have already received God's grace. Now, one of the problems that happens in our lives is we forget that this place of good works because we, we want to focus on the grace. And it's wonderful to focus on the grace. But as Pastor Brad said last week, you know, the Apostle Paul wrote to the Romans, should we sin so that grace may abound? In other words, we just don't do anything. We just, you know, receive the grace and then we, we um, God loves to forgive our sins through his grace. So we sin and then he gives us more grace. No, that's not how we're supposed to live. God gave us this awesome universe to show us his grace. And God, most of all, showed us his grace and Jesus' death on the cross for our sins. That is true. But this debate about faith and works has not just been 500 years in the going. It actually goes all the way back to the early church days when James, the half-brother of Jesus, wrote about faith and works and the place that works has in our faith to the, the dispersed Christians who were by Jewish, by heritage, before they became Christians. They were dispersed all over the known world of the day. And in that letter, he tells us the place of good works. So we're going to turn there. If you have a Bible or a Bible app, you're going to want to turn to James chapter 2, starting in verse 14. But before we do that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. I thank you that I can be back with my church family today. We ask, God, that you would use um, these words from James, because they're your words through James, to empower us to understand the place of works in our life, good works. And God, we ask that you would empower us by your Holy Spirit to understand the words to apply this message to our hearts that we might live to your glory and honor. This we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So James writes, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye, then have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. So James gives us two practical examples. There's somebody hungry, there's somebody that needs clothing, and instead of giving them something, food and clothing, what we do is we just say, hey, have a good day. You know, God bless you, basically. He said, what kind of faith is that? So our faith has to issue forth in good works. And so that's one of the reasons why this time of year and Easter every year, we give out blessing bags, food, actual tangible bags of food we give to people in our community and our region who are in need so that on Thanksgiving and Easter, they won't go hungry. That's a practical way of applying our faith. At the same time, in this time of year, just last week, you know, and some of you this week, gave your um, Operation Christmas Child back packages. We fill those little shoe boxes up with materials that these children from all over the world will receive as a blessing, material blessing. But most importantly, there's going to be the gospel in their language in that box so that they can hear the good news of Jesus' salvation. Once again, a very practical application of our faith. So that brings me to why I wasn't here last weekend. You may know 
uh, probably you do know if you've come for any period of time, that New Life has had a relationship with a mission organization called Southeast Asia Prayer Center. And it goes back into the 1990s, actually. But um, back in 2003, I started going to Cambodia. And then others of us have gone to Cambodia. And, and we've gone there for various reasons. Some of us uh, actually support children who are orphans in Cambodia through one of the many children's homes that are now located throughout Cambodia that SEAPC operates. Uh, some of us have gone for kids camp, which is a time every other year when the children in all of those um, schools, which are their, the homes, which I think now is numbering about 400 ish uh, children get to go for three days of worship and praise. It's sort of like an extended Bible school, and they get to go to the beach. And most of those children would never see such a thing or experience such a blessing if it wasn't for the kids' camp that happens every other year. Some of you have gone to Cambodia to put electricity into people's homes. And some of you have gone in order to uh, teach English in the schools there, in the public schools in Bante Miche province, which is one of the 24 provinces or states of the kingdom of Cambodia, and, uh, and also share Jesus. All of us here, if you've ever given a, a tithe or an offering here at New Life, all of you have contributed to purchasing Bibles for those school children. And all of you have contributed to buying clothing for the children in the, nursing, in the children's homes, I should say, um, for their school uniforms. They all have to wear school uniforms or they can't go to school there. Um, so you've done that if you've just ever given an offering because that's been part of our general mission giving at New Life. So back in July, there was a team there uh, from, in Cambodia from New Life. And Pastor Matt Geppert, the president of SEAPC, asked me if I would accompany him to the Mongol Beret District, and uh, there are nine school districts in, uh, in the Bante Miche province. And SEAPC has access to all of the 137,000 students in those school districts. But in the Mongol Beret School District, they were building a new high school. And so we basically, it was a photo op, if you will. We went there to greet the district governor and to talk to the district superintendent. But one of the things we did while we were there was we had the chance to prayer walk on the land where one day SEAPC would be building a vocational training school. Now, these vocational training schools, there will eventually be one in all nine districts, and uh, those nine vocational training schools are very important because only 5% of the, the children in Cambodia get to go to university. That means 95% of them uh, will never go there. And so we build these training schools, and, uh, and one has been built, and, and the second one is going to be built. The groundbreaking uh, for that has, I'll tell you a little bit about that in a moment. But anyway, um, one of them has been built, and the cool thing, cooler thing, I think, about it is each of those buildings on the weekends will be used as a worship center. And so uh, these buildings are 7,200 square feet, and uh, that means they can hold about 12 to 1,500 Cambodians. Um, for worship. So they're a pretty big worship space. Now, all of that's really exciting, and you might be just going, well, that's nice. Well, it's way more than nice. If, if you think it's just nice, then you've never been to Cambodia. Because as I said, 95% of the kids don't get to go to university. And, and we have a challenge in, in Cambodia, and that is there are 137,000 students, as I said, Mongol Bray, about 20,000 kids probably, which means 19,000 of them aren't going to university. Right now, across the Bonte Miche province, there are 15,000 children in fourth grade, but only 7,000 children in eighth grade. So that means 53% of the children are missing by the time they get to eighth grade. Where are they? Well, the short answer is most of them are in Thailand, and they've been trafficked as either sex slaves or agricultural slaves. 
So a vocational training center provides the opportunity for those children who are never going to go to university uh, to learn a skill such as electrical work, which in a nation that's just now starting to put electricity into the homes, it's an amazing job. You know, uh, mechanic. There, there are needs for car mechanics and mechanics for motos. Every place you go, there are, I mean, all the kids ride motos to school. You know, how do you fi- who's going to fix those when they break down? So mechanic, that's another one. Farmer, computer technician. Computer uh, is becoming, you know, a, a going thing there. You might say, well, we've had, comput- yeah, we've had computers for a long time, but many of them don't. And so they're learning skills, practical skills in those training centers that will mean a meaningful life for themselves, but ultimately for their family and will break that generational poverty that has been there for so long and give them the opportunity to live a meaningful, useful life. So why am I telling you all this? Because as Pastor Matt and I were prayer walking that piece of land where that vocational training center is going to go, God spoke to me and he said, new life is going to provide the funds for that training school. And I said, huh. That doesn't make any sense. That's $121,000. That's a lot of money. $121,000 is a lot of money. Now, 7,200 square foot building, it's only $16.82 a square foot. That's a pretty cheap building. But still, it's a lot of money. So I did something very unusual. I didn't tell anybody. Usually, as soon as I have an idea, I have to tell somebody. But I didn't tell a person. I, I just kept it between me and God. And a couple weeks after we got back from Cambodia, Pastor Barry, our... Um, executive pastor came up to me uh, at one of our, we have a meeting every Tuesday morning, and he said, Chris, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I, I, God told me that we're supposed to pay for one of those vocational training schools in uh, Cambodia. I said, I don't think that's crazy at all, because he already told me a couple weeks ago when we were there, we're supposed to do the one in in Mongol Beret. And so we took took it to the lead team, and the lead team was on board with that, and so, so, uh, we thought that the best time to tell all of you about it would be during this message that's called We Give Generously. Because you can't say we give generously unless we do, right? So we could debate whether giving $121,000 to build a vocational training school that's going to keep countless thousand children, thousands of children from eventually ending up as sex or agricultural slaves, whether, whether that's being generous. But I'm pretty sure that that counts not only for being generous, but good stewardship of the resources that God has entrusted to us. Can I get an amen from anybody? All right. I was glad to hear that last night, too. It's pretty good. Okay, so that's why I was gone last weekend. I took a five-day trip to Cambodia, which when I first heard about a five-day trip to Cambodia sounded absolutely absurd to me. Um, In case you don't know, Cambodia is like halfway around the world. Um, And so Friday, uh, November 10th, I left at 7 in the morning, and I got back on Wednesday, November the 15th at 9 o'clock in the morning. 53 of those hours was travel time. So I wasn't in Cambodia for very long, but I was there long enough to dedicate the first training center, which is in Praia province, or district, I should say, of the Bonte Miche province, and to be there for the groundbreaking for the building that New Life is going to build. And so we're going to watch a video clip from that groundbreaking. It's just an eight-minute clip, and we're going to see uh, part of what happened while I was there. We do not receive any government funding. Uh, 
money that is going to build your technology center has been given by one Christian church in the United States. People from that church have come to Cambodia many times. And they've looked into your faces. They've seen your hope for a good future. They have seen the old Cambodia. They have seen the new Cambodia. And they want to invest in the new Cambodia. And continuing good friendship with the old Cambodia. The pastor of that church, who are giving the money to build this technology center, is with us here today. He has his doctor's degree, master's degree, he is a true leader. A very good friend of mine. And a very good friend of Cambodia. Please welcome the Reverend Dr. Chris Marshall. Thank you very much. This uh, July, just this past July, I was standing here in this place. <laughs> Pastor Matthew Geppert from the Southeast Asia Prayer Center, who is the son of Pastor Mark. Came here to meet the leaders of your school and some of the local government officials. As Pastor Matthew and I were walking on this land and praying, the Lord God said to me, you and your church are supposed to pay for this building to be built. And so I went home to my church. And I didn't say anything. It seemed impossible to provide the money for a whole building like this to be built. But about two weeks after that, one of our other leaders said to me, The Lord has said to me, we are supposed to build a building for a technical center in Cambodia. And I said, I know, because he already told me when I was in Mongol Bare. And so we talked to the other leaders in the church. And because God has been so good to us and has blessed us so much, we believe God is calling us to bless this community. I love the people of Cambodia. 
Because God loves you. I have had the chance to be here many times. And especially in the faces of the young people here. I see hope. And hope, hope comes from God. He puts it in our hearts. He gives us dreams to dream in our lives. But most importantly of all, He gives us His love and His truth. And through education, you can learn the truth. Uh, that is a good thing to learn the truth. But when we add the love of Jesus Christ into our lives, it provides a meaning and purpose for all of our lives. From now and forever. Yesterday, Pastor Mark was talking over at, where was the place yesterday? Uh, As we dedicated the first vocational training school. And he spoke of the resurrection power of Jesus. How Jesus came to take away the sin of our lives. He died for us and rose again. So the ministry we do here in Bante Miche province is called Bante Miche Arise. Because we believe that as Jesus rose from the dead, he is raising up a new generation in Cambodia. A generation that will bring this nation to be a prosperous nation, a blessed nation. And a nation that will lead other nations. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? We believe it. And until you believe something, you will never see it happen. Jesus said that when we believe in our heart, our reality changes. So right now, I would like to just take a moment and pray with you. Would you all be willing to stand? Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, thank you for these people here. Thank you for each and every one of them. I pray, God, that in each of their lives, the power of your Son Jesus will be shown. That they will know the joy of your salvation. The power of your Holy Spirit. And the life that is truly life that only comes from you. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Okay, I'll put some. The guy in the gray pajamas there, he's the governor of the province. And after uh, I spoke, then Pastor Mark spoke, uh, he came up and spoke. And at, at any of these events, the most important government official who's there gets to speak last. And he said that he believed that these things that Pastor Mark and I said would come true if we followed Jesus. That's a pretty amazing thing for a governor of a Buddhist country who is Buddhist himself to say. I, I do want you to see a couple of quick still pictures because all you got to see was me and, and the people on the dais. But what, what I was seeing was this. There were 900 people there. That's half of the size of the building that's going to be built. So 1,800 people theoretically could fit in that building. But the ones on the right are the children. The next slide is more. That shows, see the parents, the, the parents, the other people were on the left side as I was facing them, and the children were on the right side. And that's the old Cambodia, and the children are the new Cambodia. And we're having the opportunity to reach the new Cambodia. But the interesting thing is all the parents who are asking the school officials, can we come? in the evening to this school to learn trades ourselves because we want to learn as well. So that's all in the details. It hasn't been worked out yet. But the bottom line is that eventually, uh, I, I think that, school, that training center will be used not only for the new Cambodia, but to help the old Cambodia to come into the, to the, new, uh, to the new era. And, and so uh, we were going to get, we, uh, we were receiving $64,000 for the renewal of a gas lease. Um, so that money could be used for anything, and, and that's going to be directed in, in that direction. And then we had a $50,000 reserve, uh, which is a good thing to have, but we thought, well, you know, Someday we're going to stand in front of Jesus, and do we really want to have, um, you know, all these kids uh, with the potential of ending up, you know, in a, in a horrendous situation when we could do something about it? And, and so that's why your leadership decided that we would do that. And, uh, and so uh, as we went to the lead team, and, and Pastor Brad was uh, one most directly impacted by this decision uh, personally because uh, he's the, the head of the worship, as you know. And uh, we were going to use some of that money from the gas lease to make some improvements here in the worship center. And Pastor Brad immediately said, we're planning a church that's going to reach all those people. And lost people are going to come to know Jesus. You know, it's obvious what we need to do. And then he said, plus, I know that God is going to provide whatever we need anyway. You see, Pastor Brad understands the, the, the truth of Matthew 6.33, which we read earlier, that if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, God will add to us whatever we need. And so he'll make that clear to us. Now, you or I might disagree over a specific about whether, you know, we should have spent $121,000 over there or whether we should have put it to pay, you know, on the new building that we have or on some mission cause that you particularly like or interested in. But I do want you to understand that every time that you give a penny of money through tithes or offerings here at New Life, we take very seriously our responsibility to steward or manage it for the kingdom of God. And so we pray about it. Uh, we, we look at the biblical implications of, of what we're going to be going to do, and, and we seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And we were very clear uh, that this is the direction that we were supposed to go with that sizable amount of money so that, uh, so that in, in Mongol Bray district of Bonte Miche province, over a period of 12 years, it's about 19,000 students will be impacted. So over the next dozen years, if the Lord tarries, there will be an opportunity for 19,000 children to grow up and have a meaningful way of making a living. And more importantly, I still think, more importantly, and they'll get to know Jesus as well. So we have a responsibility as a church family to steward what God gives us well. 
But I hope you understand, we each have that same individual responsibility. You have that responsibility. I have that responsibility. Our families, individual families, have that responsibility. So that's why the commitment for this morning is this. I will invest my life in advancing God's kingdom this week. I will invest my life in advancing God's kingdom this week. And what is your life? What is my life? It is our time, our talents, our treasure, and our touch. Now, we all have the same amount of time, right? 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. But that's where the equality really ends when it comes to these four things. Because we have different talents, we have different treasures, and we have even a different capacity for touch. And so how do we steward those things well? And what I, what I understand is, I know some of you are scared to death of being generous because you're afraid that if you're generous, you won't have enough for yourself. So how do we overcome that? Well, the easiest way that I know to overcome a fear of being generous, and it's gonna sound absurd, is to give. The easiest way to overcome the fear of being generous is to give. To give trusting that if we put God first in our life, he's gonna meet the needs of our lives. Now, how do you give? I mean, there are a lot of different opportunities to give here at New Life in various different ways. You can just give to the regular sharing fund, or you can give to the building, or you can give this coming up, as Pastor Alex talked about, the Compassion Close to Home. We're doing the local mission where we get the money for the blessing bags and the awesome boxes and the backpacks, the things that we do here locally throughout the year. There, there are many different ways. Um, but I would say if you really want to tear off the Band-Aid, you know, get it over with, just start giving 10%. Now, I know some people say that's an Old Testament thing, but 10% is a good place to start for this reason. It's easy to figure out. If you made $100 last week, $10. You made $1,000 last week, $100. You made $522 last week, $52.20, right? Just move the decimal points, very simple. Or, even better way, just sign up for the trip to Africa or Cambodia next summer. <laughs> you want to talk about something that will change your perspective, that will change your understanding of what it means to be generous uh, when you see people uh, who really, really, really don't have much of anything, and yet once they get Jesus, they know they have everything. So, I will invest my life in advancing God's kingdom this week. That's something that we need to go all in to do. And as we do that, we can be sure that that's going to mean we're going to be all in with giving generously. Can I have another amen? amen. All right. Yeah, yeah that's In the good way, I'm very proud of new life. I always am, but I really am today because of that step that we're taking. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. I thank you so much that you have blessed us in every way that we can imagine. And God, we all have our own needs, but we thank you that we're able to reach across the world and reach into this very, very important need of producing this vocational training center in Mongol Beret. God, we pray today that as the work goes on, over the next several months, uh, that you would be with that contractor and let everything go well. Uh, we thank you for the children and young people whose lives will be physically saved, but also, Lord, mo most importantly, spiritually saved through that building being there. God, we thank you that you let us participate in your work here on the earth. Uh, bless all of us that we might continue to be a blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.